uh, BCOT kids and want to give them a big round of applause as they go. Let them know that we love them. Today, I want to start a brand new, uh, a, a brand new series, and I thought this would be uh, a lot of fun to do and to unpack. And uh, the, the title of this whole series is going to be Jehovah. Jehovah. Now, don't uh, <laughs> uh, d- don't get too worried about this being like a real heady series because it's not. Uh, let, let me explain what I'm going to be doing in the next number of weeks, Lord willing. I, I would like to look at different times where God did something great or was at least recognized for being great in the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, where he was given the name Jehovah and then something that would go right along with that. We, we have cases like Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer. Uh, and, and all kinds. Today, I want to kick off this series by looking at a story that if you've been around church for a little while, you've probably heard this story. Uh, it's, it's the name Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is our provider. He is our provider. Now, this tends to be a favorite one of a lot of people because we love it when God provides, right? Yeah, yeah, we're all for it. But, but I, I'd like to put a... I'd like to look at this in a certain direction that I think it will be healthy for us to see what is required, what comes with God providing for us. We're going to take a look at the story, one of the stories of Abraham. Abraham. Specifically, when he was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. Very interesting passage of scripture. And if there's anything that blows my mind in this passage of scripture, is not only the fact that God provided a miracle for Abraham at the very last moment, by the way, but we see an example of incredible obedience and faithfulness on the part of Abraham that I don't think we can separate the two. Let me show you what I mean, okay? We're going to look at Genesis chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 14. And I'd love to ask if you're able to, to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, and we will read this together. If you don't have your Bible with you, or a Bible with you, By the way, if you ever need a Bible, you let us know. By the way, we'll we'll make sure you get one. But uh, all my scriptures will be on the screen as well. Okay, are we ready? All right, good. Thank you, both of you. That's awesome. Verse 1, here we go. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. 
And early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns and went over and he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'd like to show you, by the way, verse 14 in another translation. This is the Young's literal translation. Here's what it says, and Abraham calleth the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, because it is said uh, this day in the mount, Jehovah doth provide. So Lord, we are coming to you, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and we ask you, Lord, that you would uh, speak to us again through your word, as you always do. And Lord, I pray, I pray that you would change us and make us more like you as a result of, of this message that you've given us. So go before us, I pray, and have your way. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. The Lord is our provider. Can you say amen? Now again... Um, the, the, here, here is the trap that we can get into when we focus on this name of God, especially in the 20th and 21st century American church. Because we can get to the point where Jehovah Jireh simply means, give me stuff. God, give me stuff. I want stuff. I want a car, a nice car. I want a house. Uh, I, I want a nice house. I want tacos. I want everything. <laughs> There's my prayer life. Uh, I, I, just, I just want, I want stuff. Give me, give me stuff. And, and there's some bad teaching out there that would suggest that if you don't have lots of stuff, there must be something wrong with your faith. And that's horrible. It's not biblical. 
Here's something that we should always remember. If a doctrine is not universal, then it's not a doctrine. In other words, if the doctrine doesn't work in Africa, then it doesn't work in Akron. So if the testing of one's faith is whether I have a Mercedes or not, and if you have a Mercedes, I think that's awesome, by the way. If you get a nice house, nice car, I think it's wonderful. But that is not a gauge as to how faithful you are in Christ. Because that just won't work with the underground church in China. That just won't work with the people in the desert, the Maasai people in the desert of Africa. Their home is made of sticks and poop. That's their house. And it is true. So, so if the doctrine doesn't work there, then it doesn't work anywhere. So what, what is this Jehovah Jireh stuff then? The Lord our provider. What's God wanting to say to us? Remember when I told you that this story that we just read is an incredible display, an incredible description of faithfulness to God and incredible obedience to the Lord. How many of you would agree? If God spoke to you and said, hey, kill your kid. Now, depending on how your week is gone, that may not be hard to convince you parents. But in all honesty... I want you to offer your child, your only child, by the way, the one that you love so much as a sacrifice. Okay, that, that's, I got to be straight with you. Okay, if, if I get that command from God, I'm like, ooh. But yet, Abraham was committed to this incredible command. And then it dawned on me as I was studying this scripture. God's provision, that there's a direct correlation between obedience and God's provision. Look at that on the screen again. There's a direct correlation between our obedience and God's provision. They go together. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you're a little short in the cash this week that you are, have been unfaithful to God. That's not what I'm saying at all. That'd be wrong. But on the flip side, God was able to perform this miracle of provision for Abraham because Abraham was willing to obey and was faithful to do it. This passage of Scripture it's actually more about unwavering obedience than it is God giving me stuff. God's provision comes, I believe, with a number of important things. I'd like to show you those from this passage today. We're talking about Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. What comes with the provision of God? We see it in Abraham's life and in this story. Let me show you what I mean. 
Number one, there is a sensitivity. There is a spiritual sensitivity that Abraham had. How do I know this? Look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Let's just pause there. He recognized, oh man, this is so big. He recognized the voice of God. Look again now at verse 11, same thing. The angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, and here I am, he replied. He was sensitive to the spirit of God, to the voice of God, to the leading of God. I want you to understand that if we want God to provide for us, then we've got to recognize his voice. If you want the Lord to provide for you miraculously, there's a, something for you to do on your part, and that is to get to know his voice. See, it's very important that we develop a spiritual sensitivity. The ability to recognize his voice. The ability to recognize his moving. You've seen this in your family, haven't you? Maybe in your household. How many dog owners do we have here? Can I see your hands? What, y'all against dogs? How many cat owners do we have? Okay, Fish owners? No, I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. We, we have uh, two dogs. Uh, we have a wonderful dog by the name of Teddy. Sweetest dog in the world. And then we have Tiffany. If Satan had a dog, it would be Tiffany. Okay? She's evil. She's just evil. The only person that she loves is me. I don't know why. Does it mean I'm Satan? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But for some reason, she has this affection for me. Teddy, if you just say his name, he's like... Hi, hello, how are you? Rolling on his back, wanting that belly rubbed, it just, which is what I do when I get into the house as well. But uh, no, I, not anymore. And, and, but, but, but Tiffany, when, when, when you say, uh, hey, here I am, she's like, where have you been? <laughs> the walls start bleeding, it's just horrible. But one thing is interesting is that when I call their name, they recognize me. They know it's me. They know it's not the neighbor. In fact, our next door neighbor thinks our chihuahua's name, that's Tiffany, is Pablo. And she calls her Pablo. And she's like, what's Pablo? And then she just barks at her and then leaves. But, but for me, if I call Tiff, she knows it's dad calling her. If I call Teddy, he definitely knows that it's his dog dad that, that's calling him. Where, where, where does that come from? Parents, when you are able to sit in a room down the hall from your child, let's say in the church nursery, and there's a racket going on there, but there's one set of crying that you recognize more than anybody else's. That's your kid. That you're, you don't know anything about all the other kids. They can cry all they want to, but when you hear your child, it's like, whoa, that's my kid. How, how does all this happen? It's the word relationship. 
you want to get to know God's voice, you, you need to be in relationship with him. You need to get to know him. See, because I promise you there are a lot of voices out there right now. There are a lot of voices in our culture that would suggest that right is wrong and wrong is right. There are a lot of voices in our culture that will even try to dress it up a little bit, say, no, no, you know, we're all about love here. And then they will say stuff that totally goes against God's word. You got to recognize the ways of God. That sensitivity, the reason why Abraham was able to recognize God's voice was because he'd been in a relationship with him. Well, I never hear God's voice. Maybe it's time to step up your relationship with him. How long has it been since you've had a conversation with him? How long has it been since your relationship with him has really been invested in by you? This sensitivity to the Holy Spirit comes as we get to know him better. We recognize his voice. We get to know his word. And we know that God would never contradict his word. Ever. Ever. Don't ever come to me and tell me, you know what, God's told me to do this, and it's totally against God's word. I'll just say, that's not God. It might be pizza, but it ain't God. It ain't God. God will never contradict his word. But if you want direction, if you want to recognize your, his voice, it comes from relationship with him. How well do you know him today? I didn't ask you if you know about him. How well do you know him? The reason why we have the following Jesus, following God, I'm butchering the name, sorry, Nicole. Uh, the reason why we're having this incredible class, which so many of you have signed up for, by the way, is I don't want you to just to know a bunch of Bible trivia. I want you to know God personally. <laughs> and that will give you a sensitivity to his voice and to his spirit. But the story doesn't end there. Because not only do we see this incredible sensitivity to the Lord, but then we see this incredible level of submission to what God wanted. Whew. And, and, and we see this played out in verses 2, 3, and 4. Now, again, let's look at verse 2. It says this, Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Let's time out here. Whoa. You want me to what? Now, I dare say that God is not going to direct any of you to kill a member of your family. Okay? And thank you. Okay, if you're struggling with that, see Nicole after the service. She will talk you through it, and you'll be fine. That's under other for in your job description. <laughs> but you read a command like that, and you hear a command like that, if you're Abraham, you're thinking, whoa. But can I tell you that there are some commands that God gives us that are kind of hard to obey? 
Now, again, you're probably not going to be directed to offer your child as a sacrifice or a member of your family. But could it be that God is directing you to do what his word says? For example, he's directing you to forgive. Some of us would rather sacrifice somebody than forgive. (laughs) Forgiveness. The Bible tells us what unforgiveness will do to us. And sometimes we think that we have a pass because we've been hurt so badly. And I'm not minimizing your hurt. But I refuse to maximize it either. It should never cause you to disobey God. The Bible tells us to give. The Bible tells us to pray. The Bible tells us to be faithful to him in church and in our everyday lives. And and sometimes because of how we're wired or who we are, some of these commands that, you know, forget about a voice from heaven. I'm just talking about what's in the word of God. Some of these are difficult for us to obey because we are sinful natural, carnal people. The Bible talks all about the words that we use and the language that we use. The Bible talks all about how we should treat one another. The Bible says so much about our everyday lives and we're good with the big 10, right? Thou shalt not murder. Okay. And again, if that's a struggle on your part, once again, Nicole is here after the service to walk you through. Uh, But, but, I shall not lie. It's in the Ten Commandments. Having integrity in all that we do. It's, it, it, we should glorify God in everything that we do. And for some reason, the 21st century church has learned to give ourselves passes when it comes to the commands of God. And then, as I looked at this passage that we are looking at here today, I was blown away by Abraham's obedience. And I want to show you some things about his obedience. Number one, his obedience was immediate. It was immediate. Look at verse 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Okay. You know what he didn't do? You know what, Sarah? God's been kind of dealing with me about killing our son. In fact, I'm going to take some time and look this up in the original Greek. I'm going to get some other people's opinions on that. And then, you know what we're actually doing? We're actually trying to stall until somebody agrees with us. I've seen this too many times. Should I do this? No. Should I do this? No. Should I do this? No. Nine people can tell you no. But then there's that one person that says, Duh, yes, uh, yeah. Say, well, there's God's will for my life. That's not how God's will works. And, and Abraham did not delay. Oh, I want you to get this. You want God to provide for you? Then you cannot delay in your obedience to God. Abraham didn't wait. He said, all right, 
don't quite understand this. I don't quite get it. But here we go. And so early the next morning, Abraham decides, I'm going to obey God. If God is, if the word of God is directing you, don't delay. Obey. Do what his word says. If God's directed you to do something, don't stall. Obey the Lord. His obedience was immediate, but not only that, his obedience was also unwavering. See, doing this the next morning is one thing. But look at verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Do you mean to tell me? I want you to put yourself in, in, in Abraham's shoes, sandals. <laughs> and, and they're walking. Okay, It's not like it was 100 yards to the, to the mountain. It wasn't one day's journey. It wasn't two days' journey. Three days. Just him, his son, and two servants walking to the place that he was to go to offer his son as a sacrifice. What do you think was going on in Abraham's mind as he kept looking at his son, as he kept talking to his son? What was going through his brain? What kind of feelings was he feeling? At any moment, he could have said, I can't do this. At any moment, he could have stepped back and said, nope, I'm not going to go there. I know what God's told me to do, but I'm not comfortable with this. I don't like this. This makes me uncomfortable. But not Abraham. He had three days to change his mind, and he didn't. Think of that. Some of us, it wouldn't take us three minutes. Three days. Three days he took this journey and he was committed to obeying the Lord. If you want Jehovah God to be your provider, then there is very much a part of this where you have to be committed to obeying God no matter what. I've often said this, and I want to say it again. One of my favorite quotes is this, at all times obey the Lord and let him deal with the consequences. At all times obey the Lord and let him deal with the consequences. Thirdly, I'm almost done. Thirdly, there was what I saw, solitude. They traveled three days. Abraham, Isaac, two servants. And then verse 5. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So Abraham said, we're going to be alone for this. Don't doubt how powerful it can be when you're alone with him. Oh, should I say that to this side too? Don't doubt how powerful God can be when you're alone with him. But can I pause one more time? Because I've always scratched my head a little bit. 
What was Isaac thinking throughout this whole thing? Right? Everyone says, oh, Abraham. Oh, wow. Father Abraham. Many sons. Just just fantastic guy. Wow. How about Isaac? How about the PTSD this guy has the rest of his life? His dad says, hey, Isaac, you want to go for a walk? I don't think so. Just a bonfire. No, no, no. We tried this before. But nowhere in the scripture, nowhere in the scripture does it say that Isaac put up any kind of fight. Now, Abraham was over 100 years old. It is, uh, I looked up a lot of commentators, a lot of resources, that Isaac was anywhere between the age of 12 and 25. Because he was old enough to carry the wood. So this is a strong guy. He's carrying all the wood for the fire. But no one talks about Isaac. But nowhere do we have any record of Isaac putting up a fight. And believe me, I think he could have took the old man. Nowhere do we have any record of Isaac saying, no, uh uh-uh. Kill one of the servants. We can always replace them. Nowhere. That's a whole different sermon. But to the Isaacs in here, you don't understand what God's done. And you feel a little mistreated, maybe? Might I tell you that God still has, as he had huge plans for Isaac, God has huge plans for you as well. And he will not waste your experience. He will not waste the feelings that you have felt and the places that you have been and the, and the uh, feelings that you have gone through. He, he, he won't waste those at all, Isaac. God's got his hand on you. But let's go back to the fact that Abraham and Isaac went to this mountain by themselves. Do not underestimate the powerful things that God can do when you're alone with him. I'm talking about when you're praying to him. Just you and him. Not God bless his food or lay me down to sleep. I, I, I'm talk, just talking to him. When you're worshiping him by yourself, don't underestimate the power that God can perform through all that. Man, I've had some, I've had some moments recently where I've just worshiped the Lord in my car. Some of you, when you've seen me drive, you understand that prayer is essential as I drive. Amen. But I've had moments where I've just sought the Lord in my car, just like, oh, wow. And I just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in there. Don't, don't doubt the moments that you could spend privately with the Lord. God can do some great things there. This setting is instrumental in your faith in God, but also your alone time with God is just as important. It's not either or. You need both. I'll close with this. We finally see a demonstration of the supernatural. Abraham ties up Isaac, lays him on the altar, and has the knife out. Wow. 
what was he thinking? Oh, God, okay. Uh, let's try it again. One, two, two and a half. And it was at the last moment that God stopped him. Look at verses 13 and 14. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And again, here's, here's that literal translation uh, that I shared with you earlier. Abraham called the place the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh. Because it is said this day in the mount, Jehovah doth provide. See, God, God providing for you is not you giving your Christmas list to God thinking his last name is all of a sudden Claus. Or rubbing a lamp and Jesus is all of a sudden this genie that says, hey, I'll grant you three wishes. Ain't never had a friend like me. That, that's not it. That's not it. And unfortunately, American Christianity has made it that. God will give you stuff. You know what God gave Abraham? God gave him everything he needed to perform the sacrifice on top of that mountain. Don't miss this. See, God will provide exactly what you need as you demonstrate your obedience and your faithfulness to him. See, because dare I say, there are some people in this room, you're not sure how you can do it. Just like, I'm, I'm supposed to live this thing out. I'm supposed to be a successful Christian. I'm supposed to be just this prayer warrior. I'm supposed to be this person that shares my faith. I'm supposed to be this person that's faithful to God. And, and I mean, I, I'm lucky if I'm dressed every day, let alone serving Jesus. And, and, and do you know how that's accomplished? It's accomplished because God will give you everything you need to be a successful follower of him. God will give you everything that you could possibly need to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life. Just as God provided the ram in the thicket, the Lord will provide for you all that you need to live for him. That's Jehovah Jireh. You think you can do this alone? You can't. You can't obey the Lord on your own power. But there's a, there's a ram in the thicket. There's a ram in the thicket. There's some people where you work that need Jesus. And you're not sure how you could ever tell people about the Lord. On your own, you can't. But there's a ram in the thicket. There's a ram in the thicket. You're not sure how you could take care of your family. You're not sure how you could provide. You know what? If you'll just be faithful to God, there's a ram in the thicket. And you might think that the time is up. And let me just say, God's never late. He misses a lot of chances to be early but he's never late. He's never late. So you might be at that point where you're just unsure of what God has in store for you. 
you're not sure how you're going to get this done. You're, you're, you're not sure how you're going to succeed as a Christian. You're not sure how you can be a good parent or a grandparent. You're not sure how you can fulfill your responsibilities at work. I will tell you, there's a ram in the thicket. Just be faithful to God, unwavering in your obedience, and let him demonstrate to you that he is Jehovah Jireh. He will give everything you need in order to serve him. Can you say amen today? Not one person in this place needs to be discouraged because of your walk with God. You could do it. You could do it. How do you know that? Because there's a ram in the thicket. There's a ram in the thicket. And you might be going through a tough time right now. You might be on that three-day journey to Moriah. You keep looking at Isaac and thinking, oh, God, how you, how, what are we going to do here? I don't get this. How am I going to explain this to the wife? How am I going to explain this to my family? How, how am I going to do this? And, and then at that last moment when you're not sure, then there's a ram in the thicket. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide you cannot separate his provision from your faithfulness. They go together. Will you stand with me, please? Jonathan, if you can help me. Did you get anything out of this today? Two questions I want to ask, and I want to give you a chance to pray. First of all, what do you need from God? What do you need from God? I think big answers come from big prayers. Have you noticed that sometimes our prayers get a little bit small? God, heal my headache. But then we got like two Advil just in case. But how about the prayers where there's no Advil, there's no backup plan, there's no plan B. You pray those big prayers to the Lord, I expect big answers. What do you need from God today? Need God to heal your home? Pray. He will provide. You need God to work things out for you at work? Pray. He will provide. You need God to do something special for you? Heal your body? Touch your mind? Touch your situation? Pray. I believe he will provide. And then secondly, I wonder if some of us could take some time before we leave this place kind of evaluate just how faithful we are to the Lord personally it's easy in here, it should be but on Monday when you go to work Tuesday with you're around, when you're around that group of people then it gets a little more challenging and, and, and maybe God would say you know what I want to show you, I want to provide for you in such a way that if you will just be unrelenting in your obedience and your faithfulness to me, watch what I do for you. Because you may not know, but there's a ram in the thicket. And providing that ram is not your responsibility, it's God's. Oh, I got to say that again. 
providing that ram. That's not your responsibility. That's God's. You, you just be faithful. And then don't be surprised when you look over your shoulder and you hear a little bit of rustling and you realize that there's a ram in the thick. Oh, that's my answer. Don't be surprised when Jehovah Jireh provides for you. So, number one, do you need something from God? I want to challenge you before you leave this place to pray about it and ask him for it and believe for it. Secondly, if you have found your relationship with God to be on again, off again, up and down, depending on how you feel or how you don't feel, God would say, no more of that. You need to be committed to me wholeheartedly and I, Jehovah Jireh, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. There's a ram in the thicket. And Jehovah Jireh is in the place here today. I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, Jonathan's going to play. And I'm going to just encourage you to find a place to get alone with God. Maybe you want to come up to this front area and begin praying. Maybe you just want to pray at your seat. Let's just make this a place of prayer. When God releases you, let's fellowship with one another in the lobby so that we don't disturb anyone who's praying, okay? But let's, let's give Jehovah Jireh our faithfulness and our requests. Can we do that, Jesus? In these next few moments now, I believe that you're going to meet with some Abrahams in here. God, you've asked them to do a lot. You've commanded us to do a lot, and we're not so sure we can do it. But Lord, there's a ram in the thicket. So, Lord, you'll give us everything we need to be followers of you. God, some of us, we need miracles. We need hope. We need answers. Lord, we pray to Jehovah Jireh that you would provide that for us. Have your way now. Meet with us and us with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself